You're listening to Menders with clinical psychologist and leadership consultant, Dr. Nicola DePaul. Each week, get a dose of real-world inspiration from free-thinking leaders, top clinicians, healthcare innovators, and myself. Looking for quick fixes or standard management tools? Try someplace else. Motivated to maximize the resilience and diversity of your team? Sustain your momentum as a leader and transform your healthcare system? Welcome to Menders. Welcome back to Menders. <laughs> I'm really delighted just to be with you, just to have you um, present with me and kind of thinking through all these elements of healthcare transformation. So today we're going to dig into something that might seem so basic, but is so powerfully transformative. We're really talking about how to listen. I recently had a very unique opportunity to spend some time with my brother, which was really, really amazing. You probably don't know me, but my brother's lived you know, all over the world and multiple countries over the last several years, while I've pretty much always been stateside. Um, So having the time to be physically present is a true gift and a joy. But, you know, families get together and there can be a little bit of rubbing of shoulders and sharing of space challenges. and, And anyway, we found ourselves in an argument. And I was very frustrated and he was frustrated. And then ultimately he said something like, Nicola, why are you still arguing with me? We are on the same side. I agree with you. What is your problem? And I had to stop. And all I could think of was like, oh my goodness, my problem is that I'm just not listening. And I haven't been listening to what you were actually saying for you know, some period of time. And I had not even realized that we resolved the conflict, come to an agreement. I was still fighting about it. So it was a kind of an embarrassing, but a really profound moment for me to have that recognition of, wow, I have the capacity to not listen to such an extent that I cannot even hear when I'm on the same side with someone. So I'm not sure if that's ever happened to you, but, you know, take a moment and kind of think about it. Is it, you know, have things happened where, you know, you were fighting with someone or where you simply weren't listening and you thought that you were? Because my goodness, I'm sure that I thought I was listening in the moment, but I really, really wasn't. Hey, Menders, if you're listening to this and you're a healthcare leader struggling to get a handle on the metrics that matter and you're motivated to improve employee engagement, workplace satisfaction, and overall well-being, listen up. Whether you have a tiny system or a large, complex department, 
there is a clear path you can take to go from burnout culture to cultural renewal. Go to MendingHealthSystems.com to check out my organizational well-being assessment. This mini course will walk you through an organizational self-evaluation that will help you identify your next steps to boost organizational well-being today. So pause this episode and head to MendingHealthSystems.com right now. So for us in healthcare, as we're thinking about, you know, improving communication with our employees, for me, this really starts with listening. And it's probably no surprise to anyone that communication challenges tend to be the number one complaint that healthcare employees have. And I imagine that healthcare leaders both agree and feel frustrated by poor communication And also, you know, I've heard several folks just kind of scratch their heads thinking, yeah, I I get that communication is a concern, but I really have no idea where to go from here or how to fix it. So I wanted to just kind of dig into that for a little bit. It's easy for us to miss the listening step, especially when we care about people, we care about a problem, and we're trying to move into a solution. So what I find so helpful is to slow down, to reflect on how we're listening, and also to take a step back and make sure that we're actually listening in a variety of ways. So last episode, we were talking about how to elevate underrepresented or lower powered narratives or community members. And that really plays into what we're talking about today. Not everyone's voice is heard in the same way. So if we don't take the time to listen to multiple voices or using different strategies, we're going to miss out on some of the richness of what our community has to say. And when we miss that richness, we miss the creative solutions that go along with it. So a colleague said something to me like, we have to trust our employees to know what is best for them. And they really do tend to know what they need. And honestly, I've actually seen that to be true in my work working with leadership teams and helping leaders to, to like both hear, understand, and respond to the needs that are described um, by their employees. So I think part of this listening toolkit is beginning to trust that the people you are listening to really do know themselves well and are able and willing to share what they need. And then moving into, you know, both formal and informal listening practices that allow us to engage in relationship and continue to build and promote that trust between us or between leadership and the people on our front line or in our lower levels of power within the institution. So just a couple of stories about this. Uh, I was working in an institution, a large healthcare institution a while back. And every time the leadership team did leadership rounds, you could just uh, feel 
the anxiety. And not only could I feel other people's anxiety, I could feel my own anxiety. The perception from frontline staff was, oh no, leadership are coming. Like, what are they going to find to essentially be upset about? And let me just clarify, there was nothing wrong or nothing to hide in this particular clinical environment. It was a great, high-functioning clinic, really lovely people motivated to collaborate, motivated to provide very high-quality patient care. And yet, the relationship between upper leadership or executive leadership and frontline staff was so limited or so broken that there was significant anxiety whenever there was any interaction. So I share that story as a caution because it is easy for leaders to unintentionally create um, kind of a, a system where relationships don't have significant psychological safety present. There's not robust and resilient relationship And that makes it really hard for everyone. It makes it hard for leaders because you're never getting the the straight scoop. It's hard to feel like you can trust your employees. And, you know, maybe they're not being accurate or they're not really being honest because there's not sufficient safety for them to be willing to be vulnerable. So kind of being aware, like what, what's going on? When I visit my employees, do they seem comfortable? Are they happy to see me? Or are they kind of scared? Are they stilted? Are people standoffish? Do they close their doors? Do they try to avoid interacting with me on my leadership rounds? Just kind of something to be thinking about. So now another story of a leader who did this exceptionally well. Uh, I never actually, this is a different healthcare system that I was working for at another time, I never noticed leadership rounds. It never occurred to me that that happened in my facility. But I did notice that one of the executives who just happened to be in charge of primary care, which is where I've always worked, she just kind of happened to show up in primary care meetings and in the primary care lunchroom with some frequency. And At the time, it didn't really mean much to me, but I just kind of see her and assume, oh, maybe she had some business over here, or maybe she was seeing patients, you know, her like four hours a week of clinical care she was providing. Maybe, you know, maybe something else was going on. But now reflecting back and over the years, I've reflected back. It's very clear to me that what she was doing was practicing being present. So she didn't have to have her lunch in the lunchroom. She certainly didn't have to be present for primary care team meetings, but she chose to be. And she actually played a pretty minimal role, at least in terms of appearances in those circumstances. Because what I can see now is that her role was to listen. So she was being present. She was listening. And she was hearing what people were sharing in a relatively informal way. She never called this leadership rounds, but she would, you know, sit and chat with folks, ask questions, see how people were doing. She got a real pulse on the reality of how things were, 
on the ground. And her presence was consistent. And from my perspective now, I can see that that was probably quite strategic. She was really intentionally showing up in those spaces in a way that allowed people to feel safe, that allowed people to speak with her, to be honest in front of her. It was a very non-intimidating presence and way of being. So I would just encourage you as you're thinking about your team, what do you need to do? Are there simple things that would allow you to show up, to listen, to have kind of a diverse toolkit that allows you to hear multiple perspectives, that gives you both formal feedback, informal feedback, that allows you to rub shoulders with people and to know, you know, when you're, when you're hearing the real scoop, when you're seeing the reality on the ground. So think about this going forward. Can you implement something in your system that would allow you to have that quick on the ground connection? So thinking not just about this moment, but consistently showing up in a way that promotes trust, psychological safety, and that allows people to be honest when you ask the questions. And I think something that people sometimes miss is that the relational piece that happens in those day in and day out kind of lunchroom unimportant, trivial types of interactions is what creates the safety and the robust relationship that gives you the straight scoop when things are rough or when you need to ask in a formal way. So it might seem overly simplistic, but I would really encourage you to notice What are the things that I'm doing that are formal listening practices? And then what do I need to do to augment that with those lower level foundational relationship focused listening practices that are going to support things like, you know, the annual survey that you do or the town hall. So coffee chats being in the hallways, a quick one-on-one, sending a, an IM or a Teams message to be like, hey, what did you mean by that? How can you show up consistently so that when you do those formal listening practices or leadership rounds, it feels safe for your employees to really dig in and be honest? All right. Hope that gave you some things to think about, and I wish you all the best applying it. Take care. Thank you for listening to Menders. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. And don't forget to head on over to MendingHealthSystems.com to get started creating cultural transformation for your healthcare team today. Let's create transformation magic.